drop this style. I love you all my haters, all just in luck subscribers, I luck chepura bad at Volte Jai Happy New Year. Kisharat the rule, kisharat the wine, I break the rules like a badass guy, lyrics to keep chill on a night. I can bottle sleep while being high. I'm a badass, Toru Bapi take your bishi. I'm a badass, Toru Hoy and a karachul badass, Toru Chul the Gushti take a badass, money I'm one of the most important aspects of any business, large or small, retail or B2B. One standout summary of what branding actually means is courtesy of Entrepreneur. They say your brand is your promise to your customer. By telling your customer what they can expect from you, your company is differentiating itself from your competitors. The gift wrapping, that is, your logo, your website, your promo materials and your packaging. As a whole, this should all offer the same message or theme to your customers as the original idea for your brand. Of course, consistency is key here. You don't want to be telling your customers one thing through your brand values and your company statements, but then totally throwing them through a loop when they actually come to you and engage. On the other hand, your branding also has nothing to do with what you actually give or do for your customers either, but in reality, it's the perception that a consumer has when they hear or think about your company name, product or service. According to The Balance, it's the mental picture of your company represented by the elements, words and creativity that surround it. So it's easy enough to tell your customers and audience what you're going to do or what you're going to give them, but how do you make them think of your brand and business the way you want them to? This is where branders like today's guest come into play, where they can break down your business, analyze it, and create all the different elements to showcase your business at its best, clearly delivering your message, emotionally connecting to your target audience, and motivating your customers by creating a powerful loyalty loop. So how exactly do you reinvent your brand to be the badass that kicks butt in a competitive landscape? And what content can we create that amplifies our message to the masses? Well, over the the next 20 minutes we're going to take a rebranding boot camp with one of the best in the business so if you're ready to punch above your weight and take your business to the next level then rev up get ready and let's rock <laughs> Marketing is about values. Looking for stories. Big stories. The new CEO. Great brands and great businesses have to be great storytellers too. Content marketing can be your superhero. Hello everyone, you're locked into Brand Storytelling, episode 140. My name's Rakal Eberle, and I'm the host of the podcast that challenges the status quo for journalism and pushes the boundaries in all things branded content. Of course, it's all made possible by Newsmodo, the world's leading brand newsroom with a global content studio comprising a network of 25,000 freelance storytellers. If you want to learn about anything you hear on today's show, drop us a line at info at newsmodo.com. Our 
guest today is an entrepreneur, speaker and writer, as well as brand strategist at Worst of All Design, based in New York. She helps build badass brands without the BS. Her name is Pia Silva, and she joins me now. storytelling. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure and we find you in a beautiful part of the world. I am speaking of course of Brooklyn, New York, where I was just a couple of months ago staying at the William Vale. Love it there. <laughs> it's such an awesome spot. I'm so glad you had a good time. I love it here too. It was a real highlight of our trip over to the States. I'll never forget the view from the top of the William Vale looking across the Hudson to Manhattan. Something unbelievable really. Yeah and actually I live down the street from there and our office is down the street the other way so uh, very familiar. Unbelievable. It's a small world. (laughs) So you've been in that area for a while and you've been working in the branding space now for over a decade. How did you land this role? What did you do to get into what you're doing now? What was your motivation? Um, Well, it was actually uh, a quite an organic evolution. Um, We started our company as a graphic design company and it's me and my husband. We actually started because he was a graphic designer and I didn't know anything about branding or graphic design when we started it, but I uh, have a business background. I studied economics in college and um, not that economics is applicable, but I like numbers. Um, So basically I started to build a business around him as a freelancer designer. And over the years, I learned how to brand our own company as a way of getting clients. And once I did that successfully and saw how powerful that was, I realized that was really where the value lay. So we evolved into a branding company because of how intimately we understood how important uh, branding was. So um, there's a, a few you know, other pieces to the story, but we built ourselves into an agency. We had employees, and then we actually downsized into what we are now, which is much more of this highly specialized um, small agency with the two of us with a very specific and unique um, high-priced offering. Worst all design. Now, I have to ask, how do you go working with your uh, other half? How does it go along? Yeah. Um, You know, Obviously, we have our challenges, but I would say it's one of the best things we ever um, we ever did. You know, when you work with your partner, you kind of have to become really amazing communicators, and um, you either become amazing communicators or you or you stop working together. So it's actually been one of the best gifts to our marriage, I think. Um, I couldn't have anticipated that, but it's pretty wonderful. I like it. And you're unashamedly, I guess, uh, you have an above an energy around the, the branding that you do, badass brands without the BS. Um, that's very, you know, from our perspective, you know, the, that's direct. <laughs> and I suppose that, that that's an important thing when it comes to rebranding. You do cut through the BS and you have a really strong stake in the ground around the work that you do. Is that is that how you see it? Absolutely. And, you know, one of the things that I encourage my clients to do most is to be their brand. So whenever we're thinking about how am I going to communicate my differentiation, I always go, okay, well, it's one thing to say it, but what are you doing behind the scenes that it's demonstrating it? So for us, you know, we're saying badass brands without the BS and our company is called worst of all design. And all of that is so that we don't have to say we have creative, innovative solutions that differentiate you from the competition. Blah. You know, I don't want to say that anywhere. So instead we just are that. And it, what it does is because it's such a contrarian and strong statement, it matters 
magnetically attracts our people. And some people don't get it and they're just not our clients. And that's how I think that all businesses should operate in the world. So like you mentioned, just going back a sec, you actually work with really, really high end but yet small businesses. What have you learned from working with small businesses? What's really critical when it comes to nailing branding for SMEs or even those really small individuals, consultants and the like? Yeah. Well, I think the thing to think about when branding a small business versus a corporate company it's a completely different strategy. You know, when you're um, a big corporate company, you're working with an agency, you're trying to sliver off some market share. When you're a small business, you do not need that many clients to do very well for yourself. So you are in a much more agile position to say things that might be farther out on the spectrum kind of like us, um, you know, say things that might not agree with everybody because your goal is not to attract everybody. Your goal is to attract just the perfect ideal clients. And by speaking so specifically to them, you're able to stand out from the competition in a way that allows you to charge more than the competition and still win the business. And that's really how I define badass brands, a company that can attract those clients like magnetically, repel everyone else and command a premium price. So that's one thing to say, but it's another to do. What are some of the key steps that you would look to undertake with a client to actually build that brand and have them stand out from the competition, practically speaking? <laughs> you're, you're right. It's a very simple concept and I, I coach a lot of people on doing it and some of them refuse to, you know, and they, they brush up against their fears. I think one of the biggest fears people have is that they say they want to stand out, but don't realize that standing out means that people are going to see you and they might judge you and they might not like it. And you have to be ready and confident enough in your own ability and your own point of view to say, that's okay. You're just not my client. Um, and similarly saying no to clients that are outside of your niche. So one of the biggest things, if you want to own a space, build a reputation and command a high price, you have to be ready to say no to anybody outside of that niche, because really anybody who isn't squarely in your very ideal client target market is going to water down your, your reputation. They're not going to become great referral sources. They're not going to become a good case study. They're not even going to help you really sharpen your skills. You want to stay within your expertise so you can continually build them, which allows you to continually increase your price and therefore your profitability. As one of my former colleagues used to say, right in your wheelhouse. And I I think that might actually be a baseball term or some kind of sporting term, an endearing one where, you know, it's within your swinging cycle where you can really smack it over the fence for a home run. And you want to keep that work right in the sweet spot, don't you? Because the moment you step out of your comfort zone or, as you said, your area of expertise, it can start to get pretty shaky. Yeah, it's just a waste of time and a waste of energy. And I'd rather you focus and double down that energy, always building towards a goal. So what are the three most important pieces of advice that you have for people starting their own business? I know that you work with only brands that have a a pre-existing success story. But what would you say are the three key areas that you'd want to focus on? Well, when you're just starting out, and, and I do get contacted by people with an idea who, are, who want to go out on their own, um, I tell them you, you have to just go work with some people. You know, a lot of the strategy that we use is based on previous experiences and, and previous clients, um, successful projects. You know, that's because 
my one of my biggest pieces of advice is to narrow and own a space. And you can't just choose that space out of thin air. It really should be based on prior experience that has shown you this is a space that I am amazing at, where I can deliver very high value and a space where I actually really enjoy the work. And I don't think people think about that enough. You know, they go out on their own and they do it because they have all these aspirational goals about working for themselves and having financial freedom and time to spend with their kids. And then they get bogged down. They can't find clients. They're struggling for money. And all of that love and passion for what they were doing goes out the window. But it's that excitement over what you do that's actually going to fuel your ability to focus on it and increase your skills. So, um, focus is, is a big piece of it. And, and obviously, you know, mm. obviously I'm a big proponent of focus so that you can increase your skills so you can increase your profitability. So I guess another one would be staying clear on profitability and not just looking for gross sales. I don't care how much you sold last year. I want to know how much you took home. So, uh, that would be another one. And I know people don't necessarily think about that when it comes to brand, but to me, they are inextricably linked. Mm. And it's so important, particularly for the individuals or for entrepreneurs. And as you describe them, (laughs) solopreneurs, um, small businesses where the individual really does represent the brand. Um, so transparently where the individual essentially is the brand. Um, how do you recommend they go about being larger than life. Content marketing is something that we can touch on for this, where being able to create content that really represents the individual and the brand, but can be accessed and distributed so broadly must be critical to getting the brand out there, getting the individual out there. Absolutely. I am a huge proponent of content marketing, Um, not just because it's a great way to uh, build your expertise online and to take your time and multiply it because you know it only you spend this amount of time creating the content but then it gets to be read over and over and over again but also because especially when you're a small business and you are your brand the actual act of articulating your point of view and your thoughts is one of the best ways to build your brand voice and find your story and find your point of view. And that's really the core of what makes you stand out. And so, you know, as much as we help people figure out what their brand should be, how their voice um, should develop, it's, it's kind of an, an ongoing process. It can always be honed more. And I think that content um, creation is one of the best ways to do that. It's not an easy thing to do for an individual in any arena to be able to look in the mirror and really strip back what their story is. And sometimes, as we all know, the perception is the reality of the individual and the brand, not necessarily what the individual mm-hmm. thinks about themselves. So is it really important to have somebody, a third party, objectively looking at this to help really look at what the genuine brand story is behind all the BS. Absolutely. And, you know, we work with a lot of marketers, branders, (laughs) designers, people who actually do this work for others because it is so hard to see it for yourself. Um, When you're in your own business, you just see every single detail and, you know, they become important uh, and the hierarchy of importance is much less clear. But from an outside perspective, it's it's much simpler to look at the whole landscape of information and say, well, you know what? These are the three most important and intriguing 
elements of what you're saying. And that's essentially, you know, that's the first step of our process is, okay, lay it all on me. And then it, it's usually, you know, strikingly clear to me and even the client at the end of the interview, just by me asking the questions at the end, we're both like, wow, so why aren't you doing this? You know, and the client is usually like, I don't know, why am I not doing that? Obviously that's what my brand should be. So, um, it's a really special process, but you usually need a sounding board for it. So what are some of the key executions that do come out of these processes? If you were to say on average X, Y, or Z takes place in terms of what we can action as a small business to get our brand out there, what are some of the practical things that we can do that aren't going to cost? an arm and a leg? Well, um, as I said before, I think finding your specialty and your niche is one of the most important things. Um, Doubling down on that and then simultaneously really figuring out what your point of view is and having a point of view. Uh, it's really, again, it's, it's kind of scary to have a point of view because some people might disagree with you. But, uh, as I say, right on my homepage, if you want to be loved by some, you have to be okay being misunderstood or even disliked by others. And most people don't like that. So everyone's walking around saying, I really want to stand out, but then they don't understand what comes with standing out. And it, you know, I don't want to paint a dismal picture. It's not like there are haters everywhere, but some people aren't going to get it and that's okay. You know, in fact, that's a really good uh, representation that you actually have a point of view. Absolutely. And you can't be everything to everyone, can you? Because Certainly not. you're obviously <laughs> doing something wrong to someone if you think you are. Yeah. But it's one thing to do a rebrand and I'm sure, you know, you would go in and work with an individual or, or, or an organization, a small business, whatever it is, and then do your badassery yeah. as you call it, turn the brand around and give them, set them off on their, on their new direction. But it's persistent and consistent work over time that really does make the brand flourish because it's not a set and forget, is it, rebranding? It's something that you need to be constantly working on and improving, I'd imagine. I, I 100% agree. Uh, your brand is a living, breathing thing and it will grow and become stronger with every, um, with every move that you make and all the TLC that you give it. So yeah, I think a lot of people hope that you can do this work once and then just set it and forget it. But if you don't give it some love on a consistent basis, and I think we both agree that content creation and content marketing is a great way to do that. Um, if you don't, if you don't do that kind of work, it, it will kind of just shrivel up um, because it won't feel relevant or timely. You've worked with You've worked with some pretty amazing clients um, over the years. You know, MTV, Six Flags, these are clearly Bigger. big organizations, yeah. not the little ones. But in terms of the ongoing, you know, simplifying and stripping this back for anyone out there listening, what are some of the practical content executions that you've seen or that you've put in place that have really leveraged, you know, what they're doing to maximize results, to bring in business, to essentially bring in leads. Is there any practical tips and tricks that you can recommend around content distribution, um, leveraging different channels um, to do that? Sure. Um, So I'll give you a really a really fun example. Um, we rebranded a financial firm. Uh, their company is now called Stash Wealth. When they came to us, it was called Moderna Capital. And they were a small business, husband and wife team. They used to work at Merrill Lynch and they were going out on their own to attract millennials for financial planning. Um, and so I won't get into all the details of what we did for them, but essentially it was 
giving them the confidence to embrace their voice and to do a voice and to embrace a voice that was very contrary to the financial industry. So right on the homepage, it says, you know, get your financial shit together. And it's, they send out these, um, newsletters called financial cliff notes and they write their news and they, in their newsletters, they always have like cocktail of the week. And, uh, you know, they have these articles that are very, um, written in a very fun voice in their brand voice that is very useful information, but is also kind of playing to the age group that they're talking to. And because they wrote so much great content in this voice, um, once they had a small stable of articles, all of a sudden they started reaching out to other blogs that are speaking to the same demographic and they all wanted to pick them up because there were no financial firms speaking in this kind of sassy voice for this space. So they became the financial voice on all of these huge blogs like um, Refinery29. And because of that, they have amazing traffic to their website because they are constantly writing guest posts on all kinds of other blogs. But that really came from the fact that they had such a strong and specific voice for such a specific market that when they reached out to these blogs, it was an obvious fit. So, um, again, I mean, you know, it's like, it's not a silver bullet. It's, it's build great content and people will respond to it. And, you know, the other thing that's really interesting about them is, uh, I'm not a big fan of thinking about SEO as a, as a, a goal, but you will have great SEO if you write great content and they have amazing SEO just from, and they don't know anything about SEO, but they come up for all kinds of search terms because when people find their articles, they read them and they read other articles and Google loves that. Google loves when people spend time on your website after finding you. So that's another thing. I just think it's all about being really focused on creating real value. Mm. And also working backwards from what the audience wants and needs, what their questions are. And that really ties into how you can use Google um, to optimize your content, how you can look for what's trending and topics and, and headlines and things like that and work backwards from those key questions that people are asking online uh, to create content that corresponds and hopefully brings your brand to the forefront. Speaking of that, I've been looking at worstofalldesigns.com for all our listeners, and you've got some great content marketing of your own, including your badass, your brand, free online training, claim my spot. Um, for, for a webinar. Um, how does that work for you? Is that a, a great tool for bringing in business to your brand? Oh, absolutely. Um, I get a lot of opt-ins for that. I mean, I also run Facebook ads for that webinar um, because it's a great way to engage and get uh, new cold traffic really far down the pipeline. You know, listening to a training for 45 minutes or an hour, hearing my voice and, and you know, seeing me on video and getting some really valuable information, you know, whether or not you stick around, you're going to remember it. So I find that, I mean, I'm, I'm just on the forefront of my own, you know, diving into video content. I'm going to start my vlog sooner than later, I hope. Um, but I think it's really, really valuable because you connect so much deeper with, uh, with your viewers. And I've got one 
I've got a curiosity, and it goes sure. around your own website again, um, because you, you're clearly you're into branding, so everything I imagine must be done with a deliberate decision behind it. The image that you've got, I presume that's your, yourself and your husband painting a wall <laughs> with the great logo, the yeah. badass brands without the BS. I encourage everyone to jump onto the website. If you're listening to the podcast, grab your phone out and uh, jump onto worstofalldesigns.com. You'll see the image I'm talking about, and it's got your head that's cut off. Is that deliberate so that people want to learn more or there's a bit of mystery around you or was that just how it was cropped yeah (laughs) no no it's a on purpose you know I mean it's it's about us but it's not about us and so this was kind of our way of both you know it really is our company and and both of our expertise that we bring to the table and we are a small firm it's the two of us and we do a lot of intensive work with our clients um very one-on-one but so I want them to know that it's that. I don't want them to think we are a big agency because, again, we're really speaking to a very specific market and they're looking for a very specific kind of service. Um, but I don't I really didn't want it to be like it's the Pia show. You know, it's not about me. It's about you and your brand. And I just want you to get that we are our brand, just like you should be your brand. And that's a pretty great way to wrap up another episode of Brand Storytelling. Pia, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on all the way from Brooklyn, New York. I have, of course, been speaking with Pia Silva, the founder and managing director of Worst of All. (laughs) I love the name too, worstofalldesigns.com. You can't miss it. Pia, thanks so much for joining us on Brand Storytelling. And for all our listeners, we'll look forward to joining you again next week. Thank you so much. This has been the Brand Storytelling Podcast brought to you by Newsmodo. For more information on anything you've heard on today's episode, visit the show notes at newsmodo.com. Thanks for listening.